Hello, my name is David Coletta, and I'm the senior leader at Mission Community Church. Before you begin watching the Sermon of the Week, allow me to pray that you might encounter God right there where you are. Father, I ask that your spirit will be present right where people are watching this video. May they be receptive to the voice of your spirit as they watch in Jesus' name, amen. From all of us at MCC, may God bless you as you watch this week's message.
I want to share with you something a little bit more in terms of our posture that Madison talked about, uh, our posture in giving. And it's so, so important. Um, we're about to enter probably the, the season of the year that is all about giving, the season of Christmas. I mean, uh, if you consider that Christmas is all about Christmas trees and, and, and gifts under the tree, we're missing the point. But there is something special when, you know, a child knows that there's a, a box under the tree that's wrapped with their name on them. It's just the excitement. I, you know, I remember where when our children were young, they could barely sleep at night because they had a list of all the things that they wanted at Christmas. And uh, we did the best that we could to get them at least, uh, you know, a couple of items to, to make them feel like they got something that they really wanted, they were expecting, right? The excitement on their faces, they're, you know, like five o'clock in the morning, you know, we're still sleeping, trying to get a little bit of rest and ah, I'm excited, let's go open the gifts, it's Christmas, Merry Christmas. I think some adults are like that too, I think. But you know what, I... I I realize that Christmas is not just about the gifts, right? I think that we want to we wanna make sure that we understand that. It's not about just the gifts that you get under the tree and all that stuff. But there's something special because everyone is getting something, and, and all of that is just priceless. It's a season of giving. Now, speaking of giving, the Bible clearly teaches us that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. We're going to uh, see it in a moment. We don't put it up yet. But Acts 20, 35 says that it is more blessed to give than to receive. But when it comes to giving, the challenge with us is that our minds immediately go to giving money. And we are like, oh, oh he's preaching on giving today. Oh, my God. I knew I should not have come. You know, we tense up. Why is that? You see, in all likelihood, I believe that all of us understand the importance of giving. But I think that we all need to be reminded every once in a while of the blessing of giving. We understand that it's important, but we need to be reminded of the blessings that come with it. And for some of us, I think we need to capture this perhaps for the very first time to understand that giving is not just important. There's a whole thing around the concept of giving and all the blessings that come with it. In an article that was written in, in 2013, uh, this gentleman author, Paul Holland, makes some very interesting statements that I want to read to you about giving. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole article, but just a couple of paragraphs that will give you a little bit of sense of the importance of the actual concept of giving. Listen to this. He says, the essence of evolution is the protection and propagation of genes. Are you with me? Are you with me? All right, because you gotta pay attention to this. What drives the entire theory of evolution is the motivation to pass on genes to the next generation. That means that selfishness is at the heart of evolution. Are you all with me? All right. It also means that evolution has a hard time explaining the origin of giving. Evolutionary, humanistic psychologists and philosophers also like to point out that humans 
will often choose to benefit personally over losing personally in the decisions that we make. In other words, we want to we wanna win. Nobody likes to lose, right? I think we're all there. Now, he continues on, says that in an interesting article, the Wall Street Journal discussed a scientific research into how giving affects the brain and consequently subsequent behavior. Based on these three studies surveyed in an article, the author of this article, Elizabeth Svoboda, presents the idea that we're also hardwired to be generous. To be generous. Using techniques based on brain scans with a fMRI, which F is functional, functional magnetic resonance imaging scans, neuroscientists see that giving causes stimulation in a certain region of the brain, the same region that controls other urges. Be that as it may, the study, this, their studies show that giving creates a favorable response in the brain that is opposite to the theory of evolution. Evolution demands that I watch out for myself, even if I have to eat or kill my brother to ensure the survival of my own genes. But could it be, there's a question in the article, could it be that God designed us to feel pleasure when we give? Could it be? Could it be? Well, according to what I read in the scriptures, according to everything that I read in the Bible, my understanding is that the answer to this question is a resounding yes. Could it be that God hardwired us for that? Yes, we are hardwired in us. And I'll explain to you what that means in a minute. You know, Americans in 2021 gave $485 billion to charities. $485 billion. Do you know that the majority of that, of those um, uh, uh, that amount actually came from individuals for a total of $327 billion. Now, I know you're probably thinking, well, you know, there's so-and-so that gives to charities just to get a tax break, you know. They got to give because that's the only way they get. You know what? Be that as it may, and that is probably true in some cases. However, all of us, still have a mandate and we have been hardwired to by God to give. You see, generosity is a quality that we have inherited by God Himself who created us in His image and in His likeness. It is not something that we come up with and we just say, all of a sudden, I want to be generous because it's fun to. And I'll let, you know, in a minute, I'm going to ask you a question about it. But there's something that God has put inside of us. It is the power of a generous heart. The greatest act of giving, the greatest act of giving is found in the New Testament. And that is, I'm going to use just a few words out of our text in John chapter 3 and verse 16 that says this, for this is how God loved the world. This is how God loved the world. He gave. He gave. If I were to stop right here, that would be partially enough. But it says that He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. God gave His Son. He gave 
his son. Dads, I want you to think about your children. If you have a son, would you give your son to save somebody else? God has hardwired in us that same generosity when he gave his son to die for us. That is our DNA, our spiritual DNA and our physical. It's embedded in us when God created us. Now, when we talk about giving, we cannot even begin to tackle the subject of giving without talking about John chapter 3 and verse 16. Because God gave so much. And so if you eliminate the concept of giving, or if you take the concept of John 3.16, that God gave His Son to die for us, for our salvation, for our redemption, then we can't really even begin to talk about giving in and of itself. Now, each of us, I believe, has to check where we are in our posture when it comes to giving. Generosity, guys, I'm going to make this, and please understand this is important as we talk about it. Generosity is not a matter, where is it? Right here, of the wallet. Generosity has got nothing to do with what we have in here. I don't have a whole lot in here actually today, but... Credit cards. Generosity has got nothing to do with the wallet, with the checkbook, with electronic donations. It's a matter of the heart. And it involves a willingness on our part to give. And now, again, our posture is like, oh, he wants me to give money. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being willing to give, being willing to give of everything, not only our finances, but also our talents, our gifting, our abilities, all of the things that God has given us. I love that. We were, I was talking to somebody just <clears throat> this past week. They were saying that uh, there's a, was it you, Sam, that said that a pastor, friend of yours, takes 10% not only of, of his uh, salary, but also of his time. And he spends two hours and, well, actually not two hours and 40 minutes, but 10% or 24 hours. Is it two hours and 40 minutes, Keith? Yeah. Is it? You're, you're my mathematician. Oh, thank you, guys. Two hours and 40 minutes. There you go. 20, 24. That's right. Every day given to God. Not just his finances, but everything that he has. 10% of it. What a concept. What a concept. Now, speaking of giving, I think Madison mentioned that we are so blessed here. I, I want you to know that you guys are an incredible church family. You're so generous. You're so giving. You all, I mean, Everything that we do every Sunday, it takes a village. This is not just something that a handful of us can do. We need everybody to contribute in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Now, in Psychology Today, the article, uh, this article written on uh, November 6th of 2016, 
stated this, that volunteering, particularly, not only for older adults, has been correlated with better health, longer lives, and a greater sense of purpose. In one recent article in The Atlantic, a researcher who found significant and far-reaching benefits from volunteering went so far as to call for doctors to prescribe volunteering in the same way as we recommend exercise or a healthy diet. Isn't that incredible? Yet, in an interesting caveat, listen to this, the benefit of volunteering only seems to accrue to those who volunteer for altruistic reasons, not those who do so for perceived benefits. Ah, there is a problem. Well, I'm just going to give, you know, 20% because I'm making so much money that I need a tax break at the end of the year. Can you imagine? I want to ask you this question. Would you, wherever you are in your giving, would you be willing to give what you give now if you were not giving your 10% tax break or whatever they, you know, at the end of the year, the IRS will uh, allow you to get the exemption from giving. Would you do that? If we had no 501c3 government benefit, which... Who knows if that's going to end anytime soon or at some point. The way things are going, hello, I don't turn on to the news very much because it's just depressing, but the way things are going, everyone is anti-church and anti-kingdom of God. So you know what? If all of that will be stripped away from us, if my housing allowance went away, Come on, I'm going to make it personal. Would I be willing to give what I give to the kingdom? Would you be willing to give what you give to the kingdom if you could not take those funds and put them against your income at the end of the year? You know, the article goes on to say that we as humans are not the center of the universe. We are only a part of a larger whole and thus we play a role that considers others in the whole. And that is why we're doing what we're doing. That's why you see those boxes in the front. That's why a brother on uh, Wednesday morning rolled up with, with his car packed with food from the front seat all the way to the back. It took four of us to help him empty that car. Of all that, a lot of the, the majority of the food that you see in there. Because we want to give. Because we're hardwired to give. And when we give, God blesses us. I mean, we're not, that food is going to go to families in our city, in our community, right here in Matthews and Charlotte area, to bless them during the Christmas season, which is a tough season for a lot of families. Now, I'm not a psychologist, but I believe that Luke 638 is a fulfillment of what these psychologists and psychiatrists have discovered. And then we can put that verse up. <clears throat> Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. 
There's also another scripture in Hebrews 13, 16 that says, and do not forget to do good, to share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. If you're looking to find a way to please God, look no further. Now we typically think of Luke chapter 6 and verse 38 as a scripture that basically means that if we give to God, God is going to give to us, right? We think that I'm going to bless God financially, God's going to give me more money financially, right? Wrong. Now, think of what I read to you before in the Psychology Magazine and that article, right? Could it be that if we give to bless the kingdom of God, that God is going to bless us with mental sanity, with happiness, joy, a fulfilled and more stable emotions, and even, I would say, healthier bodies. I mean, somebody's going to fix these chairs on Sunday morning. Someone's got to arrange the sanctuary and do whatever it takes. It takes your body movement, right? Could it be that the statistics, what they are finding out about giving and volunteering actually helps and benefits us in a way that we have not quite fully understood because all we're thinking of, and we <clears throat> tense up money, oh God, that God wants to bless us in so many other areas of our lives, including mental, emotional, physical, spiritual ways. Now, at the start of the message, I quoted Acts chapter 20 and verse 35, that Jesus' own words, when he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus himself said this. But why is it? Now, why in the world would anyone want to give more than to receive? Is that really? Like, would you consider it more blessed to give? What if God were to ask you to give your car away to somebody? What if God spoke to you and told you, I, wanna, I want you to take your precious thing and give it to somebody that needs it? I want you to take your car keys today and sign over the, the, uh, uh, the, the car registration over to that lady that just needs a vehicle. Would we do it? Is it then more blessed to give? Or is that more blessed to receive? That's a question that we all have to ask ourselves. So let me give you a little background in Acts chapter 20. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 35, Paul introduced the talk, topic by telling the church in, in Ephesus, hey, you guys, I want you to know that I, Paul, place ministry and, and serving God above anything else in my life. I have given, I've taken care of the churches, I've abandoned my wealthy, uh, my, my, my wealth and, and, and my, uh, you know, I was a tent maker, but I, you know, I'm, I've, I've abandoned all that. I've given that all out. In turn, he said, I'm going to commission you now as the church of Jesus to do the exact same thing. In fact, in verse 35, the first part, it says, In everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner, 
That is, in this manner, meaning the example that Paul gives, his own example. You must help the weak and remember the words of our Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So now, all of a sudden, there's a little bit more to that verse. In everything I showed you, that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of Jesus. That's what we're called to do. We're called to help the weak. We're called to bless others. We're not just called to sit comfortably and just enjoy our Christianity and enjoy all the blessings that God has given us. If we just hoard it all for ourselves, we are not doing the will of God. And in verses uh, 60, uh, sorry, uh, 36 to 38, in those next few verses, it's very important because Paul says this, he says that the reaction that the church had was very telling. You know what they did? They embraced and they kissed Paul as he was leaving. And it also says this, that they were grieving over the word that he had just shared with them. You know what that's called? It's called conviction. They were grieving over the word that God shared to them. They felt convicted because something was not exactly the way it looked as far as the church was concerned. So that's an individual thing. Now, that's something very powerful. I cannot convince you to volunteer, give, bless God. That's not my job. I can only share with you the Word of God. And you know what? The, 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 the funny thing about it is that... Uh, you know, when it, when it comes to Sunday morning, everybody wants to just give the happy messages, right? I mean, I would love to preach a happy message that says, you're in trouble, but God's going to get you out in the name of Jesus. You're going to just cruise through life. And he's going to meet every need. You're not going to have any lacks. That's just wonderful, isn't it? He's going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. He is going to bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, and bless you. Yes. Thank you, Pam. Finally, somebody that clapped. <clears throat> but you know what? There's also the other side of the coin. And I don't necessarily enjoy, you know, telling everybody we got to give because that's the way that we're commanded to. But you know what? The same Apostle Paul said that he did not shy from preaching the whole counsel of God. That is a whole book, cover to cover. So if you're getting a steady diet of mac and cheese, uh, boy. Every once in a while, we need some turkey. We just had it. And some beef, tenderloin, on the grill with a little bit of, just a little bit of Worcestershire sauce. I know you're probably thinking I was going to say barbecue sauce. No way. Do not put barbecue on steak. Barbecue sauce. Worcestershire sauce. I learned that from the Texans. That's what they put on their steak. But, you know, well, we need a little bit of everything, right? Because we need to grow into a healthy 
spiritual being that God wants us to. So let me take just four or five minutes to give you some reasons why it is better to give than to receive. Are you ready? All right. First of all, first and foremost, that's the way God showed us how much he loved us. We read it before in John chapter 3 and verse 16, that he gave his son. So if God gave us, gave to us, for us, then we ought to do the same. Second reason, giving makes the soul happier. It does. It really does. In the National Opinion Research Center, they found that 43% of people who give blood are happier than those who don't. Why is that? Because the act of giving, not because they're giving blood, it's the act of giving that makes them happier. Whenever you do something for somebody else, it will make you happier, I promise you. Number three, giving says something important about our worldview. Now, our nature, the fleshly part of us, only wants to receive. Let's just let's be honest about it. I would rather get than to give. You know, it's more fun to get sometimes, unless you get what you don't want. <laughs> but you know, in Psalm chapter 50 and verse 10, it, it says this, that God owns everything. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That means that there's nothing that God does not own. Now, so if everything is his, according to the scripture, we believe the word of God. Do you believe the word of God? Let me see your hand. All right, we all believe the word of God. Okay, that's great. So if we believe the word of God, that everything that we have is his to begin with. And he invites us to share only a small portion of what he's already given us, which is his. Think about it for a moment. Back to him. Does that make sense? So I have $1,000. I'm going to give it to Hank. Hank is going to take it and give $100 back to me. How does that make me better? How does that make him better? He's losing and so is God. But there's a principle the principle is that if everything is his, and we truly have to begin to see everything that we have, that God has blessed us with as his and not ours, then giving a portion of what he has given us is just, it's negligible. Because in the end, you get to keep 90% or 85% or 95%, whatever you decide to give to God. So... When we don't, when we don't give something back to God, what we're saying is, you know what, God, I'm good. I don't need you. I don't need any of this stuff, blessings of giving and all that. So I'm just going to be selective with my biblical worldview. I'm going to do some things, but not all things. That's number three. Number four. Giving is a way to bless those who are in need. And we have a, a powerful scripture there from Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2, that I will make you a great, into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. You will be a blessing. 
What in the world is the purpose of being so blessed unless we can bless others? What is the point? So that you can just get a bigger house and a bigger car and, and spend more money. and, and what's, Where's the blessing in all of that? Think about it for a moment. Guys, God wants us to bless his kingdom above our own kingdoms. And you know, sometimes we do exactly that. We build our own kingdoms and then we say, God, now bless it. He's already blessed us to begin with. Now it's our turn to bless him. It's our turn. You know, as a church, we give 10% of everything that comes into, into our church offering to global, local missions, local ministries that do great work for the Lord. That's a prerogative for us because it's important. And you know what? In a few weeks, we're going to share all of our finances with you guys so that you know. Because you know what? There's nothing that, that happens here financially that is hidden. Uh, Taylor right there is our treasurer on the board. And we have full transparency. Taylor, am I, am I right? A hundred percent, whatever you need to know, it's in the books. And we believe in the concept of giving because God blesses us in return. Let me move on. Reason number five, God is happy when we do. We read that in, in, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Actually, Madison read it earlier that God loves a cheerful giver. That means that God is happy when we obey, just like any other, any other father would do. If you're a father, would you be happy when your children obey? Of course we are, right? If you're a mom, you are blessed when your children obey. It's not so much when we don't obey. But God loves it, and he is happy when we obey him. Reason number six, giving displays that we understand obedience. Given or giving shows that we understand the concept of obedience. In, in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 7, the first part says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Because when we decide to give, it's because we understand that God wants us to obey Him. It's all about an act of obedience. Now, when money, alternatively, becomes a God to us, it's hard to give because we idolize it. And I want you to know that any idol demands someone to worship it. And so God is saying, wait a minute, instead of worshiping what you have, worship me and bless my kingdom. God alone deserves our worship. And so we must choose to worship him and not the things that we have. Here's what Jesus said. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. In Matthew chapter 19. I don't have time to explain to you everything about what it means, the eye of a needle. It's not the needle and the eye, you know, where you thread the, the needle, right? It's not exactly that. But it's let, let's just say that, that for every camel to enter the city, they had to go through the eye of a needle. And that meant that the camel needed to lower 
it's in itself down to a lower level and be dragged into it. It's easier for a camel to do that than for a rich person to give. Sometimes it's easier for a camel to do that than for a Christian to write a check. I'll just leave it at that. Reason number seven, giving promotes contentment. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 20 says, Just as death and destruction are never satisfied, so human desire is never satisfied. Friends, human desires are insatiable. The more we want, the more we have, the more we want, the more we want, the more we run after it. Because we can't satisfy that thirst for wanting more and more and more. We have to remember that God, God is the author of everything. And we need to learn to be content in whatever state we are at. You know, it was Paul in, Philipp in uh, Philippians 4 that said, I have learned to be content under every circumstance that life gives me. When I have more, when I have less, when I am, you know, healthy and not healthy, when it, under every situation I have learned to be content. Number eight, God will repay you. Proverbs 19.17 says, whoever is kind to the poor lends to who? To MCC, right? No. We lend to the Lord and He will reward them for what they have done. Now, while we don't give in order to get, remember God is keeping the books God sees what you do. God sees how much you give, how much you bless others, what you're pouring into others, how much time you're giving for Him to volunteer, to do something for the kingdom. Look, it's not just here, right? This is just Sunday morning. What happens after Sunday morning? What are we doing, right? This is the reason why we do these activities. Bring food so that we can bring it to others. You know, we, we, we try to volunteer by going and, and, and blessing neighborhoods and areas with Pastor Sam. We're talking about what else could we do this year to bless other families in the community. There's so many needs, guys. We're the church. We're the ones that are going to fulfill those needs. That's why we're here on this earth to fulfill the commandments of God. That's how. So generosity demands humility and demands invisibility. God will bless you. You don't need a pat on your shoulders. You don't need to be told. You don't write a check and, and you know, put it on, on the slide for everybody to see, look what I gave. God keeps the books. Number nine, gen generous giving is not selective. God wants to bless every part of our lives. And this is a verse that really stuck with me. In 2 Corinthians 8, 7 says, since you excel in so many ways, and then he says, in which ways? In your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to also excel in this gracious act of giving. Wow. Wow. I read that verse and I, I thought, I, I asked myself this question Is it possible that we can have faith, that we can teach, that we can know a lot and yet not be generous? 
Is it possible? It is, right? It is very possible. In fact, Paul is reminding us that all of our abilities are not mutually exclusive to giving. They're mutually inclusive to everything that we do in giving. We should aim to be generous in every area of our lives because God is pleased and blessed when we do because we're reflecting Him. Let me give you the last and tenth season. Reason, sorry, I should say. And that's generous people are likable people. They're likable people. God loves a cheerful giver. Why do you become cheerful when you give? Because it's a blessing. Because you realize, you know what? Wow, what an honor, what a privilege that I have to bless somebody else. Now, if we just look at all of the benefits of giving that I've uh, uh, enlisted for you guys, and there's so many more. I know that there's tons more. These are just 10. My favorite 10, my fave 10. Maybe I should have titled this message, My Fave 10. I don't know. But these are the ones that, I, that resonated with me more. So by looking at these, humanly speaking, is there a single reason why any of us should not want to bless God with our finances, with our time, with our talents, with everything in us? None. Absolutely none. God's kingdom will be established, whether we like it or not, in some way or another. And oftentimes he does it through our obedience, as we are obedient to him. So I don't know where you're at personally, whether you give 1, 5, 10, 15, or 50% of your salary. There's somebody that told me just last week that I, my goal in life before I retire is to give 50% of my salary away to bless the kingdom. That's, I cannot think of anything else more honoring to God because you're giving away of the very thing that we just want to keep very tight. You know? Leave the wallet in the car on Sunday morning. It's a better thing for you to do. That's why we don't necessarily, you know, giving doesn't have to be done by way of, you know, the, the basket that we pass on Sunday. My suggestion to each and every one of us, I don't know where you're at in your giving. That's between you and God. But Find a way to bless the kingdom of God. There's a 10 reasons. Find the bless, the, the, a way to bless the kingdom of God. And you know what? If you can put, uh, you know, 25 bucks a week, sign up for recurring giving so that you will keep yourself in check to do that way, you know, week in and week out to be obedient to what God's word says. Because it's the easiest thing to do. That's why we make it as easy as we do here. It, it, it just, it's the easiest thing. And you just keep on blessing the kingdom of God. You don't have to think about it. It just automatically gets done. So recurring giving, but whatever it is, choose today to give something to God that will cost you something. Don't just make it so easy. 
that it will cost you nothing. Because God ultimately sees your heart and my heart. Now, I want to ask her, ask you one more question. Does God need your money? He does not. He does not. You know, when we restarted the church back in 2020, many of you were not here. And we wondered, how is God going to help us pay for everything, to keep the lights on? It's, it's a big building, and, and we do a lot with it. How are we going to do it? I want you to know that God met each and every need that we've always had each and every month ever since we restarted. Because you know what? Yeah. It's really God. It's God. It's a blessing, guys. And it's really, it's God moving through each and every one of us. So I want you to do something today for me. Would you stand with me? So I want to say this. If you have a need in your life, especially this holiday season, you don't know how to, you, you're going to pay your bills or, you know, get a good dinner for Christmas on your table. You know, I mentioned it, what was it, last week, that if anybody did not have a Thanksgiving meal to come and see me personally, and we will provide a Thanksgiving meal for you. We were blessed to provide a Thanksgiving meal to a lady that called. It's the second time she's part of, our, of this area of our community. She called. She needed a... She said, I, I want to put food on the table. So, you know, we went out and we got her a, a card to go and buy food for her and her family so that she could serve them Thanksgiving dinner. I want to say the same thing to you. If you don't have what it takes financially, if you can't pay the bills, the end of the year is tough, you got more than you anticipated, and you cannot put food on your table, come and see me. Come and see Lois. Let us know about it. Because you know what? We're not just here to get. We're also here to give. You know? And as a church, God has blessed us, and we want to bless others. That means you too. In fact, you first. Because you're part of this family. But if not, consider what God has given you and think about it for a moment today and say, God, I want to dedicate whatever that is for your kingdom and your glory and honor. And you know what? Whatever we will continue to receive as a church, we're going to continue to bless the kingdom of God. We This year, we're going to, uh, in 2023, we're going to give more. Even by faith, we have put numbers in our kingdom giving to bless uh, uh, countries and missionaries outside of the United States, to bless the ministries that we already support here in, in Charlotte and in the United States. We have put in our funds to bless more. Because you know what? We're going to do it by faith. And we're going to say God's going to provide for us and we're going to provide for others because it's important that we... Give to others more than we receive. God blesses us. And you know what? I can't thank you enough for your generosity, but let's continue to be generous. Look at everything that God is doing for you. And if you've never taken that step in your life to say, I'm going to bless God, start today.
Start today. This is a message that doesn't demand an immediate response. It's a message that we want to take home and, and just consider. Maybe we can put those 10 points up in the center screen. They're nice and clear. And you can take a picture of that and say, God, how do I line up in my life to these? Am I doing what, what I should? Am I doing everything that I should be doing? Or do I need to do more? Father, we just thank you today for your presence. Thank you that you have met us in such a tangible way through our worship. And Lord, you're so good that you bless us. You're so good that you pour your spirit in our midst. You're so good that you give and you speak to us. You give us your words. So Father, I ask you today in the name of Jesus that, that we in turn would take time to think through the blessings that we have already received. God, help us to, to keep a, a healthy, balanced view of giving. Not one of those that says, I, I'm going to do my thing and I'm just going to... God, you know exactly what each and every person is doing. Lord, you know that if there are some that already give to missions and other avenues, we bless that, Lord. Father, I, I just pray for those who may not have made that decision yet to say, I'm going to commit this amount to the kingdom because God has blessed me so much, I want to bless others. May that be a decision that you honor and bless. Lord, I ask you for your favor and your blessing over every family in this uh, congregation. We thank you for every person. Thank you for every individual that makes you their priority. And Lord, I ask you that you will continue to bless those who bless you and enrich them with so many of the favorable things that we talked about to be healthy, not only spiritually, but emotionally and physically and in every other way. We bless you today, Father. We thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, thank you for watching the Sermon of the Week. We pray that you were blessed by it and you felt prompted to act upon what the Spirit of God was saying to you. If you live in the Charlotte area, we would love for you to come and worship with us at one of our weekend gatherings. That way you can find out more about our church family and what we value most. We encourage you also to give to our ministry so that we might continue spreading the gospel of Jesus to our city and throughout the world. To do so, you simply go to missioncommunity.cc, click on the give button, and the rest is simple. Lastly, I would encourage you to check out the remaining content on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to subscribe. That way you will receive all of the reminders for fresh content that we put out. Have a wonderful rest of your day. May God bless you and thank you again for watching this week's message.